0: today on citycast madison do you remember a few weeks ago when east wash was shut down there was a shootout at the quick trip police were chasing a man suspected of killing his girlfriend she was the second madison woman that week to die from domestic violence i can't stop thinking about it statistically speaking most intimate assaults are committed against women and that's why a local martial arts studio is focused on teaching women to fight back. Meet Allie Trevino Murphy of Underground Self-Defense. Get ready to learn some things that could save your life. It's Monday, March 13th. I'm Molly Stentz, in for Bianca Martin. And here's what Madison's talking about. Well, good morning, Allie. Good morning, Molly. Your studio is centered around self-defense classes. What do you teach? So all of our
1: martial arts programs are based in self-defense, but there's a separate category of self-defense called empowerment self-defense, which is what we teach through our public workshops and also through private workshops. And empowerment self-defense is a model that combines uh Interpersonal skills like assertiveness, boundary setting, communication, de-escalation, with physical fighting skills, and then we also have weekly drop-in classes, and those programs include Shaolin Kempo Karate, which was actually kind of our home style, and it's definitely a martial art that's focused on self-defense rather than competition or sport. And uh, we also teach kickboxing, which is very popular for people who want to just practice the striking element of martial arts and people who really have fun, you know, hitting the bags and getting out
0: their stress and just having a great time. You are literally underground, right? The name of of your studio is Underground Self-Defense, but you are literally under State Street, right?
1: Yep, so we've been on State Street, on the 500 block of State Street since 1989. At this point, I think we're one of the oldest businesses on State Street that's been consistent. And we are the red door to the right of Taco Bell. So people either say, I've walked by it a million times, or they say, I've never seen it, even though I've walked by it a million times, because we don't really have a storefront. We're literally, like you said, underground.
0: And so I'm interested in the focus on self-defense. Who takes your classes?
1: When it comes to our self-defense workshops, it's really a wide range of people. I would say the most common people seeking out self-defense are women and girls, but we also have a lot of LGBT uh, folks who seek us out. And especially in the current moment, we're seeing a lot more trans clients coming through our doors. A very common age range that we see is high school and college, but it's surprising. you know, Sometimes women and, and other people take our classes even later in life and say, not only did they wish that they had done it earlier, but that they still are getting things out of it that they're able to use. In terms of our regular drop-in classes, I think we attract people who um, maybe who have always been interested in martial arts, but feel intimidated by the industry as a whole, which is very kind of male dominated. It can be kind of macho. It can be intimidating. It can it can actually be physically dangerous. Um, And so we really cater to beginners, adult beginners who might feel kind of nervous to try it, um, but think it sounds kind of cool. And I always tell people the only prerequisite is thinking that it sounds kind of fun. So you don't have to have, you know, you don't need to do parkour and gymnastics <laughs> to do it.
0: Yeah, I I could imagine that for some, you know, women in particular who may be thinking, uh, "Gosh, I don't know if I could fight a guy off." Like I, either based on size or based on you know any number of things. How do you? help people think about that?
1: It's very straightforward to me. We have a lot of high quality research now that shows that self-defense is effective and resistance is effective regardless of the size of the attacker. Self-defense is defending yourself against crimes of power and control. So the attacker is looking to feel strong and co- and powerful. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be hurt. They don't want to be caught or recognized. So any type of resistance that we put up is enough for that person to go find another person who is less likely to resist. That's not to say it works 100% of the time. Nothing works 100% of the time. But I know that it works (laughs) because people tell us, you know, untrained people tell us, you know, somebody attacked me and I fought them off just on instinct, even when the attacker is bigger and stronger.
0: And what about for women who might Feel that it it, fighting back might increase their risk. They put up with things or they have encountered violence or trauma and felt like it was a survival strategy just to, just to endure it. Uh, They worry it would, it would just exacerbate the problem, right? Like enrage the person even more. Is that true? Well,
1: (laughs) well, there's kind of two parts of your question. One is, does standing up for yourself, does resisting, does fighting back escalate the situation? And that that piece of the question, the general answer is no. Um, we, as I said, we have really good research that shows that when women resist by running away, screaming, or physically fighting back, they're effective at uh, stopping an attempted sexual assault 87% of the time. We also, yeah, (laughs) and we also know that not only does taking a self-defense class make women more likely to be successful in stopping an attempted assault, but it actually makes them 50 to 60% less likely to be targeted for an assault in the first place. Self-defense is not just about the moment of physically fighting back or the moment of intervening even verbally. It's also about attuning yourself to your survival instinct and leaving the situation before it even starts. The other piece of your question about what if something happened to me in the past and I complied as a survival strategy? Well, then you did the best you could with what you knew in the moment. And that was a survival strategy. You did survive. And what happened to you isn't your fault. It's the fault of the person who chose to commit that crime. Empowerment, self-defense, is part of a larger framework of understanding the dynamics of violence and particularly gendered violence and puts the the blame squarely on the perpetrators and says, you know, to end violence, people need to stop committing it. But it also says that until that happens, knowing the reality of the world as it is, we can effectively intervene. And one other thing that blows my mind is that there's some evidence that actually suggests that when women physically fight back, and attackers are injured. That attacker, in many cases, is less likely to commit a future attack. So it's actually been shown to be, at least in some cases, a deterrent and have a larger effect on preventing violence beyond just that interaction.
0: Wow, so not only are you helping yourself and standing up for yourself, you're also potentially helping other women society in general.
1: Right. I mean, I'm not a violent person. I think a lot, a lot about the, the kind of duality of violence and peace and in what we do. But I often think about, you know, if everyone punched their attacker in the face every time, <laughs> you know, like what a different world we'd live in. You know, maybe people would think twice about targeting women in this way. And also, frankly, we would feel a lot better. You know, a lot of times women are more comfortable in my experience with strategies that involve avoiding or ignoring, which can be effective in some cases, but I always say that shouldn't be your only strategy because those strategies don't work well against persistent perpetrators. And also even when they do work, it doesn't feel very good. You know, you walk away with a pit in your stomach feeling like you didn't have good control over that situation. And so Just knowing that you can directly address things is so empowering and then you can make the choice to avoid if you want, but it's a different to do it as a choice versus because you don't know anything else.
2: It's March folks. And in case you forgot, we live in Wisconsin. Although it's been an unusually warm winter, we can't guarantee we won't get more storms with challenging road conditions. Attorney Z. Usman with Usman Law wants to remind you of some of the winter rules of the road to help keep you safe. So remember, accelerate and decelerate slowly. Don't follow any car too closely, avoid using cruise control, steer in the direction of a skid, and don't stop when going up a hill. If you are in an accident, call attorney Z. Usman. He's handled hundreds of insurance claims and can ensure you get everything you are owed. There are no upfront costs and no fee unless he is successful. Also, pro tip, don't negotiate with the insurance company on your own. Go visit MadisonAccidentLawyer.com to schedule a free call with attorney Usman.
0: work also with folks who have experienced violence. I could imagine that that could be a hard thing to do, to to sign up for a class that kind of replicates maybe one of the worst moments of your life. Do you end up working with a lot of folks who have survived violence?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I think it's fair to say that we've never taught a class that didn't have some type of a survivor of violence. And especially if you broaden that harassment, you know, catcalling, it's, it's extremely common. And a lot of times people, especially recently, we've had a lot of people seeking out our classes because they are currently or have recently been stalked. Like people who said, I just moved to Madison to escape a stalker. And here I am taking the self-defense class. So yes, it can absolutely be triggering. And we... Go to a lot of lengths to take care of the people who go through this experience, um, both for the from the side of the instructors and from the side of our trained male practice attackers. They go through special training on um, trauma-informed approach and consent. And so basically. Some of the things, some of the strategies that we use, for example, is that we foreshadow everything in the class. We let people know what's about to happen. We repeatedly remind them that everything is optional and an invitation, and they can participate either by doing it, by watching it, or not at all. Um, We also have an online course that we pair with our self-defense courses, so people sometimes prefer to just do that at home. And then they might opt out in person if it's too much, but that way they can kind of control the timeline a little bit in their environment. And then we're just highly attuned to signals in the class. So when we see somebody is not okay, you know, we stop, we take a break, nothing is rushed and everybody is important to us.
0: You mentioned there's different components of the classes. There's different classes. What would be kind of like a, an example of, of one thing that somebody would come away with after taking the class.
1: So, um, there's a whole range of verbal strategies that we teach. If somebody is crossing your boundaries, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to narrow it down to one thing because it's a whole thing. Right. But essentially number one, attuning yourself to your survival instinct, which everyone has number two, getting clear on your personal boundaries Number three, learning how to define and defend those boundaries through verbal strategies or leaving the situation or physically fighting. And then when it comes to the fighting strategies, the basic thing that you would learn in any of our, even our short, like the introductory 90 minute courses, you're going to learn how to use the power of your legs to root yourself to the ground in a strong stance. You're going to learn to use the power of your voice through uh, screaming you're going to learn to use striking for accuracy and power to vulnerable targets on the opponent's body. And those includes things like palm strikes, elbow and knee strikes, stomping, things like that. Very simple things that a beginner can learn in a short time and use immediately. And then in our longer courses, we also teach defenses against different types of grabs. So we do grabs from the front, grabs from the back, grabs on the ground. And we scaffold all of that in our courses so that we start with the least risky things to learn. And then we build to the the more challenging things. So by the time you get to the end, people usually feel
0: more ready. That's really helpful. I feel like I have this vivid picture now of what happens in the classes. You've been doing this for decades and I could imagine it being really empowering work. And also there's this part of me that feels like Man, is there a part of you that wishes you didn't have to do this work because of how society is that people need to defend themselves? Are we making progress as society? Like, have you noticed any change? Does it feel like it's getting better at all? Well, I think
1: some cultural things have really improved. You know, um, when I first started teaching, people didn't typically know the definition of consent. Now they typically do. I think there's a lot more media attention to people in power who commit sexual violence. So I think there's some cultural things that have moved in the right direction. But when we look at the overall statistics about violence against women and gendered violence, there hasn't been a lot of improvement and the pandemic certainly worsened numbers around domestic violence in particular. Um, And we're also seeing a lot of hate crimes in the current moment. It's hard to know that those things haven't changed over time. And one of the things that I do feel frustrated about is that self-defense in particular is one of the only interventions that has been proven to effectively prevent violence. And so while I value all the other prevention and intervention strategies that are out there, and I think we need all of them and they're important, I wish self-defense were universally taught from a young age. I learned it from a young age and I had such a different experience than my peers. I mean, a completely, I was living in a different world than they were living in. I think it, it not only serves to help prevent violence, but it just shifts the balance of power. I think about that metaphor about like circus elephants you know like there's when there's a they and the supposed I don't know if this is true but I've heard the story that you know in the circus there'd be a baby elephant chained to a pole and it, the baby elephant wasn't strong enough to pull away from the pole and then as the elephant grew they kept chaining it to the pole and eventually it was big enough that it could just pull the pole out but it didn't know that because it had been chained since it was little Ooh, I got a little emotional And that's how I feel women are socialized in this society. Because when women come and say, how could I possibly fight off a bigger attacker? I'm looking at them and I'm like, how could you not? It's apparent to me that you easily could. And the fact that you think that you can't
0: is the problem. So we just need more of you everywhere (laughs) working with women from a very young age, teaching them their power.
1: I mean, I think self-defense should be taught in schools as part of health education in my perfect world, it would, because it's not, you know, and the other thing is, let's say we had a world without violence. I would still practice martial arts because it's freaking fun. Like it's like, it's, it feels good. You know what I mean? Like it cultivates a certain energy in you that is strong and confident. And even if you're not a fearful of violence, there's still so much value in that for me personally. And also if you're kind of a, an angry person, like I am on the inside, it's so strange how like doing something that on the surface appears so violent, it really does cultivate inner peace.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you. You gave me goosebumps there for a minute. <laughs> it's been so good talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us here on CityCast Madison. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Allie Trevino-Murphy is the co-owner of Underground Self-Defense in Madison. And if you're in trouble, please know that there's help. You can text a hotline any time of day or night and reach trained advocates at DACE, Domestic Abuse Intervention Services. Here's the number, 608-420-4638. We'll put a link in our show notes. (laughs) And here's what else Madison's talking about. The Madison mayor's race. Tonight, March 13th, there's a forum to meet the candidates and learn more about their vision for Madison. It's at the Covenant Presbyterian Church in the Hill Farms neighborhood on the west side. Election day is coming up, April 4th. Also tonight, it's the Moth Story Slam. It's at the High Noon Saloon and the theme is stakes. Here's your assignment, you ready? Prepare a five-minute story about when it was make or break, all or nothing, when you dug in your heels or rose to the occasion. Packed it up, moved it on, made your claim. I cannot wait to hear your stories. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Molly Stentz. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a kick-ass woman about us? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Bye.